Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. This is an interview I have been looking forward to. This gentleman is someone I follow on Twitter, and you must follow as well. He also puts out a uh, website with weekly updates on the Phoenix market. Let's welcome John Wake to the show. How are you doing, John? Hey, good. Thanks for the invitation, Michael. Absolutely. Uh, you are a great follow on Twitter. Thank you for all you do. Uh, we can talk about the website you have as well. Uh, but why don't we tell everybody who John is, where you're at, what you do in this crazy real estate market, and we'll get into what's going on. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a kind of a mostly retired real estate agent, but my history was an agricultural economist. I used to work for DA, USDA and used to be an expert on international agricultural trade. And then converted, came back home to Arizona and ended up starting a website, which uh, I sent out data. This is in like the year 2000, sent out data, weekly data of homes sold. This is years before Zillow. Mm -hmm. And my idea was I was going to like sell those leads I would get from that to realtors. And they were like, what? No. Yeah. So no. <laughs> I'm like, hold it. I'm making no money. Yeah. And I got all these leads. Hey, why don't you start selling? I'm not a natural sales personality, but I had yeah. so many leads that uh, got me into it. Yeah, the reason I love you as a follow on Twitter because we kind of speak the same language. We're data guys, um, and again, so how long have you been an agent in in Phoenix? How many years? Uh, Two thousand and three, I got licensed. Wow. So you, so again, this is important, folks. Not a new agent, not somebody who's around the you know been around the block pre pre last bubble, experienced the bubble, uh, and you know maybe we're back at it again. So um, I like to say that I had a front row seat to the boom and the bust. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I was investing in a market very similar to Phoenix and Fresno, California, very boom and bust. My, my, mine popped and went down 75%. What, what did Phoenix go kind of peak to trough in the last cycle? Uh, there was, uh, came down uh, 60%. There was like wow. a few that goes, it went down 80% from the peak to the wow. wow. Yeah. So this, this, you know, again, we have both experienced bubbles. Uh, so we know what it's like. We were involved before, during, and after. Uh, one of the things that's important for people to realize, we talk about 75, 60, 80%. Um, this is not stocks or crypto or NFTs. It, my market was a four-year, just painful, slow grind. How, how fast did Phoenix kind of peak to trough? Was it you know a year and a half, two? I mean, do, do you remember? Oh, no, it was like five years before it bottomed out. Yeah. Uh, prices kind of peaked in 2005. They went flat for like a year. So then they were about the same at the summer of 2006. Yeah. And then they started falling and they didn't bottom out until 2011. Now this is, this is, this is why I'm so uh, <laughs> entertained by all the crash callers calling for a crash in November or January of this year uh, when they have no experience of the last one. The last one was definitely real, real estate related. 50% of loans were arms. My market was more like 70. I think Phoenix was the same, right? These ninja loans, these uh, two and 28s, these pickup payments, just all this garbage loan product dominated our markets. And even in that market, which was real estate led, it took my market four, yours five, peak to trough. So th this calling for a real estate crash in five months is nonsense, in my opinion. What do you think? 
Oh, well, I can figure it out. I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, in shock right now. What's going on? Trying to figure out what's happening, uh, but it it moves so slow. One thing that's happened, in fact, uh, I think things can move faster now because okay. of the internet. Ah, there's so much information out there that people are getting up to speed more quickly. So things, okay. and that could be one reason why prices went up so steeply, is people can see, oh, that house down the street on ah. Zillow went for whatever. It's so, okay. I'm gonna. Whatever. So, and, and also because uh, this is more on the upside that it's so much easier to make an offer now. Yeah. It used to be, okay, I'll meet you after work and we'll get your signature. Da, da, yeah. da, da. And so it took like two days to get it in. And then as negotiations were really slow until it goes under contract. Now it's all done in a day or two. Because yeah. DocuSign. And... So things can go up in a frenzy can go up so much faster. Plus well, the the information, the, the, because the information they want, they feel confident. Mm -hmm. sooner because they have so much information yeah well if you've watched my channel for any length of time you know as 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 an economist you know got my degree in that um i've studied the consumer since i graduated and, and it's because of that there i consider the consumer just one big herd there's not very many contrarian investors contrarian uh, consumers they kind of all move together and if you could figure out where they're going you can avoid a lot of pain um is is the things that I do in real well, estate. That's something I, I think, Michael, a lot of people ignore is the whole momentum idea. Some people call it price extrapolation or ex price expectations, but the whole idea of momentum is kind of ignored, although it's so obvious. And so I think right now we're kind of prices are flat for a while, but we're, we're losing the momentum is slowly fading away. Yes. And that's why prices continue. So it went up because of interest rates being so Hi, they went up but once at some point they're going up so steeply mm -hmm. that you start getting this momentum this feedback loop correct yeah yeah investors are very uh again that's why that's why we see um the blow off tops right just the the last fools the, the that came in they just it, it gets really interesting but let's talk about phoenix yeah i heard uh the worst inventory for phoenix was about fifty six thousand way back when probably 2010 maybe 11 that's the most i've ever heard of 56,000 active listings this was years ago obviously yeah i don't know well, right now we're at uh, where are we at we're at like 12,000 12,000 12, yeah. yeah i thought so it was 15 but anyways okay 12 yeah well this is just uh, looking at my weekly day it's 12,200 okay. which is up from last year at this time it's a uh, 150 160% more. Yes. So that's like two and a half times what it was. Yeah. So let's talk about Phoenix today. That Again, this is really interesting. So Phoenix, again, today, I'm sorry, 15,000 active listings? That's 12. Oh, 12. I'm sorry. 12. And that's single family homes or is that oh, that's, oh, yeah. That's only single family. I'm only looking at single family, non-distressed. Non single family, non-distressed. There you go. So not condos, not multis, right. not just single. Okay, cool. Awesome. And again, that's up 150% roughly from last year. Yeah. So it's two and a half times what it was last year at this time. Okay. And also, if you look at it from the low in March, mm -hmm. it's like almost three and a half times what it was in March. Yeah. The, the lowest week in March. Wow. And is the rate of change seemingly accelerating, meaning you're getting more and more each week, or is that? It's kind of a straight line. It hasn't slowed down yet. Okay. As far as the increases, uh, you would think we're, we're back to levels of like from 2018, 2019 before pre-COVID 
levels of inventory. Yeah, that's good. Number of homes for sale, but it's not slowing down at all, at least at this point. When you say not slowing down, meaning the the growth in inventory is not. Yeah, slowing the down. week the week to week growth in the right. number of homes listed for sale. Very cool. Uh, is days on market starting to increase because of that? Oh uh, yeah, I don't have the days on market handy, but that's it's wild. Yeah. Another thing that's really interesting is the number of uh, price reductions. Yeah, that was so, my next question. Yep. Yeah, really. The, the the price reductions. Something happened in the first two weeks of June. It did. They just totally. I guess that's the the more uh, the psychology change. Yeah. And so there was a huge change in the number of price reductions the first two weeks, and since then the the number of uh, just looking at the total value of the reductions. Yeah. And then they've been running about that same level since then, but it's totally uh, but it's much much higher than you would have seen in 2018 or 2019. And, you know, if you've watched my channel, I believe something big is going to happen next Wednesday. Phoenix will be on the cusp of this. National Association Realtors reports their existing home sales for the country. Uh, John, I think there's two things going to come, and I, I'd, I'd love to hear get your thoughts on this. One is on the buyer side. I believe the numbers are going to be so bad, transactions down, uh, price drops. Just the, the news media is going to spend them like they always do in the most negative way sure. possible. And that's just going to cause what, you know, some buyers who are right on the fence who are qualified, right? Because demands this two-step function, right? They want to, and they can, um, they're going to not want to. So I, I see buyers because of this, you know, this report next Wednesday and all the media attention after that, we're going to, we're going to lose even more buyers. Do you think that's possible? Yeah. They're going to get scared. It's a whole herd instinct. Of why were Just, you, what, why did you bid so much over? It's because you bid before and you saw other people bid more than you and you just followed what everybody yeah. else was doing. And once they feel like, and information is spreading so quickly now, and yeah. they can see, it'll, it'll scare them. Yeah. I did see somebody who did something really interesting. She was a, a local agent. She was getting all of her sellers to put like three or three and a half percent into mm. the buyers to buy down their interest rate. I, th I think that's genius. Uh, that's actually what I'm strongly recommending anybody who wants to sell in this environment. Uh, I know real estate, again, I have no skin in the game, so I can say what my opinion is. Lots Good. of real estate agents I have seen, their first gut reaction is to change the commission split, right? I'll take two, you get four, right? Because it's now a buyer's market versus seller's. Wrong, wrong. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but that's wrong. Put it on the, put, give it to the buyer. Let them to buy down a rate. Um, give them some closing costs. If you want to stand out in an environment where listings are piling up, put something in there about seller to pay two points to buy down the rate. Stand out that way. Oh, yeah. I'll have to go back and look at my notes from 2005 and six and see what people were doing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So again, so again, this this National Association of Realtors is just going to mess up the entire country. Again, buyers are going to disappear. We agree on that. The other thing that I think is going to be wild, John, is I think more and more sellers, and Phoenix may be ahead of the curve, so maybe it's not as pronounced in Phoenix, but I believe FOMO from sellers who are like, oh my God, we missed the top. Let's sell now. Let's time the market. Let's sell and rent for a while and we'll buy back next year. I think, I think the amount of new listings that are going to come between next week and, and you know, the middle of August, is just gonna, it's just going to be a complete and utter mess coming, I think. Well, people are, I don't think you get a lot of people who are going to sell out and then rent, but you're going to get a lot of these people, a lot of the flippers, what's it take, five months is on average to do a flip. Yeah. So those, they bought in March, they haven't hit the market yet. So you're going to, they're not going to be buying anymore, but they'll yeah. be trying to flip those and 
there's some in my neighborhood like that and some of them are way overpriced another one dropped the price a hundred thousand dollars in less than 30 days and but it is in their contract so i guess yeah so. Yeah, Flipper, there's a lot of people that are already going to get hurt. I mean, we saw a lot of people get hurt last time. I think flippers, like if you're not changing your buying model, uh, your hold time, cost of capital, carrying costs, it, you're going to go, you're going to get hurt. Uh, I'm curious about Phoenix. Um, you seem to have a lot of open door listings. I think I saw somewhere there's like 1,200 listings from open door. How, why are they still, I can't believe they're making any money. They got to be going out of business. They're not very good at it. I, I have some friends who worked or. People I know that worked at Open Door. Open Door started in Phoenix. That's kind of like okay. the base where this right. where they originated. So they're big in, but the, the concern is that you know they got all this inventory, which did great when when prices were going up, but now they have all this inventory and oh it's, yeah, that's kind of scary for, for that's a lot a lot of carrying cost. Um again, they're trying to buy, clean up, even if you're doing a lipstick flip, that's four, five, six weeks into a market that's flat or getting soft. That's yeah, that's yeah. risky. All they do is like paint and curve. But yeah. yeah. One, uh, I should mention one thing you were mentioning about the inventory is a little bit different in Phoenix is the inventory is going up so high for two reasons. Mm. It's about half because of, of uh, sales are down, but it's also half the new listings are hitting the market. So we're getting more listings hitting. So you may not see that in other markets, but we had so many investors, et cetera, coming in. Maybe yeah. they're the ones, or maybe you have a second home or something. Yeah. I think it, my guess is it's a lot of investors are realizing, okay, it's a top. Let's yeah, get, get out. Yeah. I think that's it. Well, I think that's going to happen across the country. Again, some markets like Phoenix go early, and I think that's what's happening in Phoenix. I think others will follow. You're going to see buyers disappear, which mean less less offers, less transactions, and you're going to get mom and dad FOMO coming in. So I, th I think the next couple of months is going to be really interesting yeah. uh, be because I think what, as you know, as an economist, right? Uh, to get a signed contract, you got to get agreement between sellers and buyers. And if, if you have sellers who want to sell, but don't need to sell, I think you're going to get just your days on market are going to explode. Your expireds oh, yeah. are going to explode. And it's, you know, agents, agents in a market like Phoenix or Vegas, you're going to really watch your time because you can get, you can have all these time sucks or, you know, wearing out your tires for no money. Yeah, you spent all that time. Oh my gosh, spent all that time with somebody and they end up not selling. That's a total disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I, I give, reminds me of a tip I had from back end when I was active in that time is I'd tell uh, sellers, hey, look, price it where you think prices will be in two months. Mm. On the one hand, if prices are falling, don't, so many people chase the market down. They just yeah. followed it down and didn't sell. If you get ahead of the market, price it where you think price will be in two months. But that mm -hmm. same thing worked when prices are going up or when prices are flat. It's a yeah. great way. A, a quick, easy rule of thumb on a way to maximize the sales price of where you think prices will be in two months. That's awesome. Uh, when when you look at a market like Phoenix, or at least when I look at Fresno, and I'm, I'm trying to feel for Phoenix, obviously you have a median home price. So whatever that is. Um, in my market, if you're below the median, if you're like 80% of the median, you're still white hot. There's just not enough inventory. No new builds are at that price point. Uh, and if you're 2X the median, really slow because again a lot of new product came in that market and it's really slow it's kind of a bifurcated market really really white hot 80 percent below the median and you know 100 percent above the median is super slow is, is phoenix kind of the same way well as far as the inventory goes the the less expensive stuff or below median is where the inventory is really going up it's still kind of the luxury market is still not out of line it's one of oh wow okay it hasn't like Paradise Valley 
for Xetera as, as one of the stronger markets. Um, I'm not sure why, but it could be those are a lot of those are vacationary homes. From, okay. Yeah. Uh, but you would think with the stock market tanking that that would really hurt the luxury angle as well. Well, it'll certainly hurt the new buyers. Maybe maybe the sellers own it free and clear or low LTV. Who knows? Um, so what is roughly what is the median price in Phoenix? Do you know? Oh gosh, I should have that. It's like four something. So let's call it four fifty. Four four oh five. Okay, four oh five. So I just want to go back to what you said. So it's so just to make sure I understand it because this data is. Oh, awesome. I should know that. It's okay. So four oh five. Um, so again, if you're below the median, so like if you're in the 350 to 400 range, that's below the median, obviously. That's where the inventory is exploding, that kind of area. Okay, hold it. Okay, Michael, I got it for you. Ah, I was awesome. totally off. The It's not 405, it's 504. It's 504? 504 in June for a single family. Wow, that's 504 grand median home price in Phoenix. So that means based on your earlier comment, you're, you're seeing a real big explosion in the kind of four to 500 range of inventory. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's got really, it. Yeah. Got it. Do you have, a, is that's interesting. So why is that, is that, is that where open door plays? Like a lot yeah, of their listings. I, I think a lot of the, and a lot of the, uh, well, we, we were one of the hottest markets as far as employment goes. So we had all these people coming in from all over to buy investments. Okay. And I think that is part of it. They were, they were tended to go towards the below median. Sure. Concept. It's the safest place to be. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I can see when people buy a house, if they're an investor, but when they list a the house, I don't know. Uh, that's true. Okay. If yeah. they're an investor or not, where that's coming from. I used to, I used to be somebody who followed that data, but I don't have that. Yeah. So that's interesting because again, if you're getting ways of inventory below the median, that means the median price and and again, just median being the way it's calculated will probably come down. Phoenix won't be five hundred four yeah. in yeah. In May it was five fifteen and now it's five hundred four. Oh, so median price, Phoenix Fell going down, and it's yeah. it'll be sub five hundred if the trend continues. Oh yeah, totally yeah yeah. Because that's a pretty steep for June is usually, uh, usually goes up in June. So to go against seasonality, yeah, it, it's got to be a pretty strong trend. Because that's very interesting because my market's completely the reverse. The, we're, we're not seeing the inventory below the median. We're seeing it above. Hence, the median's going to move up. Even though transactions are falling, the median price will move up because oh, we've no. lost the low end. Yeah. Right? Because it's not a, we're not talking average. We're not talking totally volume of sales. We're like, hey, we did 200. Now we're doing 120, but the 120 skews higher because there's no low end. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, so that's weird that Phoenix is very different, right? Because you're getting. My sister used to have some investment properties out in uh, Fresno, but she sold them all within the last couple of years. Ah, well, she got good prices, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like it's an age-related thing. Okay, time to retire. I'm I'm done. (laughs) Yes, don't be a landlord. It's tired of my husband going out and fixing stuff on the weekends. And yeah, so I'm I'm curious when you're talking to your friends. uh, You know, again, I probably like me. We talk about real estate all the time. It's kind of our natural vocabulary. Uh, do you think about the national housing market at all, or do you try to stay focused on Phoenix? Oh, I, I, uh, I have two websites. One is Arizona related, Arizona real estate notebook.com. I have another one, which is national, which oh, is cool. real estate decoded, real estate decoded.com. They're both geeky numbers related stuff. Things. Cool. So let's talk about the nation. Cause I, this ought to be fun. So um, I'll give you kind of my thoughts and please feel free to disagree, ask questions. Um, Cause I have a, uh, an opinion that's not very popular out in the YouTube world. I get a lot of hate for the following. So one is, I think transactions, uh, we're going to experience the largest transaction crash we've ever seen. We're going to go, it'll be down 30, 30% potentially this year and 50, more than 50% peak to trough. 
because we have uh, we've lost buyers uh, and we have um, interest rate lock in, you know, move up buyers are not moving all of that stuff. So transactions are going to crash unquestionably. And then where I get hate is I don't see how median home price, again, national median home price for the single family home. I don't see how that falls in 2022, given most markets are like mine, where there's the inventory is skewing higher because the low end is not selling. Um, what do you think about that? And then we can talk about 2023 next, because that, that, that might be different. I was just uh, listening to uh, something on Twitter with uh, Ivy Zellman, who I really respect. She's focused oh, on- Oh, yeah. And her, they were estimating 6% decline next year. So that's next year, 2020. Next year, next year. Yeah. So that was that was small. I, my guess is for Phoenix, we're, you know, I can change my mind after lunch, but <laughs> 10 or 20% next uh, total from peak to- Peak to trough. So I'm, yeah. I'm, my model isn't the, the great finan- the financial crisis. It's the savings and loan bust. Is uh, kind of, I think we're looking like that is where we are. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. A certain, you seem to be, Phoenix, not you. Phoenix seems to be very, uh, a lot of investors came, a lot of build for rent, uh, a lot of, you know, you had a lot of population and a lot of money came and Wall Street came and they showed up with a checkbook, a lot of development going on. And if, if that, again, that, that's very interesting. The inventory is piling up under the median, which just means it's going to come down. It just oh, has to. skyrocketing right now. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the inventory is just almost a straight line up. And again, it's predominantly below 504 or whatever it was, 1,000. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so if you're looking for a deal in Phoenix, uh, lower, your, uh, lower your expectations because I think if the inventory is piling up there, again, the, you, you, all you have to do is you have to find people that need to sell, not want to sell. And that could be open door. It could be all these you know, investors who are stuck. Hey, Michael, could I ask you a question? Of course, please. Okay, so uh, I'm always concerned. Uh, like, what, what, how does this play out? One thing I didn't see in the, the in 2005 is they had all these loans that were going, you mentioned them, you know, like no money down loans. I thought, oh, great, you know, big deal. You know, so the lender loses money. Hmm. I didn't see the big, that it would have a bigger effect than just the lender losing money. You would hmm. have these uh, increased in foreclosures. So I don't understand at all the, the money in the investment side. So let's say all, you, all the people doing the burr, mm. let's say you were big in that and yeah. prices fall 10%. How does that affect them? Do they just, okay, we just honker down. They don't, they don't need to sell. Be, they just. That's a great question. Uh, it's all going to be based on how their debt is put together. So again, like consumers, investors chase the easy button. A lot of investors are going to get hurt, John, because what will happen, this is, I'll just use rough numbers. They find a Phoenix home for 300 grand. It, it needs 50 K in repair. Uh, you know, at the six month mark, when the house is seasoned, they're going to go refi it at 500 and they're going to pull all their money out and own it free. That's the vision, right? Burr is much, much harder than that. Burr is an advanced strategy that people have been selling to newbies at uh, record rates, which is really, really unfortunate. So most of these people come to Burr, John, because it's, it's seen as a no money down strategy. I can build my real estate empire and have none of my own money in it. Well, folks, they're going to get crushed. So if they go to a hard money lender, hard money lenders will loan them the entire purchase, so 100% loan. They may even escrow the repairs, which means, hey, as you do in the remodel, we'll, we'll escrow 10 grand and pay as work is completed. Um, so they're going to probably lose the property in that example. If, if, if Phoenix sees even a 5 to 10% haircut, which again, based on what you're saying, is coming, if not is happening. Lots of these burrs blow up. 
The second strategy might be they're doing what's called private money. Hey, my mom's got some money. My friend's got some money. Some social media guy I know has got some money. I'm going to borrow their money. Now, they're not going to probably lose the property, but they're probably going to leave money in the deal, right? The banks are going to give me a 65% LTV and not 75. So mom, I'm sorry. You loaned me 200. I can only give you 150. But don't worry. Your 50K is repair. I'll get you that in the future. Um, so that'll be on lots of uncomfortable conversations, probably not foreclosures because that person's going to, you know, okay. leaving the 50 K in it's better than losing it, uh, to something. Um, but yeah, my guess is probably 30% of burrs blow up and the hard money lender takes the property back. Whoa. Uh, and then the other 70% leave money in the deal. Burr is a terrible strategy. It's a terrible strategy in a flat market. It is an abysmal strategy in a declining market. Well, hard money lenders, aren't they out of the deal after it's completed and after well, months it, or whatever when they, they you would you would hope so. But unfortunately, I well, I don't know, but it's I believe, and again, I've been in I've been using hard money for 20 years. Oh, uh, I believe some hard money lenders are in the business of buying just like they look at their pipeline. And like, hey, 25% of these are going to foreclose and we'll get, a, we'll get a property at a discount. I believe that is in their business model, right? Oh. They're, they're, they're so aggressive on the terms. They just know some of these newbie investors are going to lose the property. And so there, there is some potential that you might get distressed sales out of that? No. Uh, well, again. Or no. No, I, I certainly not. So this is not going to be Bank of America, Countrywide, IndyMac, WAMU, blowups. This is not going to be REO stuff. Hard money lenders right. typically have their own checkbook, see it theoretically, uh, and they're, uh, they're likely going to hold them, right? They may sell them, but they're cleaning them up and sell them. This is not going to be a repeat of, you know, seven signs out across not, on your streets in Arizona, seven <laughs> for sale signs. It's, it's yeah. not set up that way. Okay. So it's looking more like savings and loans. For sure. Yeah. Definitely SNL versus Great Recession. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. And the other thing is, is and I mean, have you ever looked at the, the, the environment that I think is most at risk for a true 08 crash is Canada. I don't know much oh about gosh. Canada, but did you see what they did yesterday? 1% move and they have five-year terms. They have all adjustable rate loans. Talk about scary. I heard something. There's like suburbs of Toronto that have already fallen like hundreds of thousands. Yeah, it's, um, it's really bad. I read an article, I, oh God, Wall Street Journal, probably six weeks ago, where 27% of homeowners uh, were saying they couldn't afford the refi. Oh and, I'm, and, if, and that was before a 100 basis point move. So uh, yeah, Canada, Canada is set up for an 08 crash. If, if, and, I mean, the banks could always come in and do extend and pretend and you know, all of those things. But if they really have all these what really blew up our markets wasn't the first people to default. It was the 10th, the 12th, yeah. the 16th person, because the first people got out okay. It was the people that came after and after and after. It just prices deteriorated. My market was falling 2 or 3% a month for a while. What I think you, the market can handle a certain number of foreclosures. No problem. Okay, it's going up so much. No problem. No problem. But you get to a certain level of foreclosures or distress sales, and suddenly just goes over the edge. So you don't want to have for any reason to have any unusual high level because going from two to 4% doesn't seem like a lot, but if it yeah. goes to foreclosures, it has a huge impact. If you get yeah. another 2% on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. If you go, if you're growing foreclosures, 50% a month for a while, which was happening in my market from 08 to like 11, 
2011. That's not good. When, when I think the peak month for my market, 83% of transactions were foreclosures. Oh my God. 83%. That's not a good time. If you're part of the 17%, you probably didn't get a good number on your home. <laughs> it's just bad. Why am I laughing? I'm thinking about the tragedy of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Family. Strategic defaults. And yeah, it was not good. And um, yeah. So let me ask you about the national housing market. So Ivy Zellman thinks national housing market might fall 6% or was that Phoenix? I, I forgot. That was national. Oh, that was she national. She thought it'd be much higher in other markets. Mar yeah. She's like bubble, like Boise, Austin, Phoenix, yeah, Vegas. Yeah. 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 Um, so what do you think? Do, when you, what do you think this year first? So by the end of calendar year, December 20, uh, oh. December 31st, 2022, do you see any pricing degradation this year, meaning a negative number? Hey, you should start a, a contest to sure. see you can predict. I'm, what, what, I'm down. What I, I'll give away December. an autographed book. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So I think it's going to be uh, flat. Yes. Yeah. And be flat until the end of the year. But then like a, in 2005 and six, prices really didn't fall until after they were flat for a year. I'm mm -hmm. going to say they're going to start falling after six months. Okay. So nationally speaking. So, so that so puts just half of what it was back then. So we could, but Phoenix is the worst. So we could be going down, but I'm national. Yeah. yeah. And again, when you think nationally, some markets are still hot, right? Like a lot of Florida is still nice. I get emails from people, North Carolina, South Carolina, still, still hot. That's why when people talk nationally, it's a really tough thing to do because you have, you know, not all markets, not all markets are Phoenix. Right. And, and, and it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Cause I don't see, I don't see year on year, national median price going down having a negative number when i look next year again 2023 is a far more interesting conversation this is what i see and, and and i'll just share with you so um i break it down four choices five to ten percent positive zero to five positive zero to negative five and negative five to ten this is how i currently see national housing market December 21st, 2023. So eight, 18 months. Negative 10 to negative six, I see a 5% chance. Negative or zero to negative five, I see 20%. So one in four negative. Zero to 5% positive. Um, what would that be? So call it uh, 60%. So that's my base case. And then five to 10% positive. Uh, 15%, I think is what I have left. So that's kind of how I see it right now. Again, national median home price. Again, median is not average. Median is median, the one in the middle. And most of that is because of the structural way median is calculated. I see most markets losing 30% of the low end. Interest rate lock-in, move up buyers not moving, first-time homeowners have nothing to buy, and you just skew higher. That's kind of how I break it down. How, how does that sit with you? Where am I off? I'm kind of flip the 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 plus five and minus okay that those would be 60 percent chance of okay decline and then a 20 percent chance of a i like it okay yeah so kind of you're we're all gravitating between negative five and five yeah for nationally yeah yeah i think that's that's fun um obviously things but can, in real and in inflation adjusted dollars that's a, oh different story yeah. yeah yeah we're talking nominal not real yeah nominal not real um but obviously there's some things that come in that really could mess all this up. Government intervention, for example, one of the things that oh, yeah. I fear coming post November, uh, I think one of the few things that the right and left red and blue Republican Democrat will agree on post November 
is they need to help housing. I think housing is going to be the cause of the recession in the second half, transaction right. crashing, all of that. So I could see them in January standing up saying, we're going to fix housing. We're going to create a first-time homebuyer program. We're going to give you a, a free interest rate loans on your deposit. And then that's just going to screw everything up because we're not going to have the free market will be interrupted once again. And all of this money will go after the first time home buyer. And again, in my view, that is the one market that is relatively healthy and has no inventory. If you pour gasoline on that market, that's going to distort things. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of guesstimating that they're going to be more involved than they were in the great financial crisis. I agree. Because uh, we saw what happened in COVID. They did all these monster programs. And so what do they think? Oh, prices are falling now on homes. So let's do a moratorium on mortgages again. And that's, we just did one two years ago, right? Let's do that again. Who knows what they'll come up with, but that's one reason why I don't think prices will go down too much. They've proven they can stop it. Yeah. They'll go in and uh, mess with the market. Crazy because the mentality going into the, in 2005 was like, get government out of everything. That was starting with Reagan. It was really taking effect. And, uh, but now it's kind of changed because we saw that didn't work so good in the global financial crisis. <laughs> yeah. The government completely, maybe we went too far there. Yeah. But now we get, uh, uh, now I'm afraid they may have gone too far the other way because of like, like I said, eviction moratoriums, mortgage forbearance, that yeah. kind of stuff could come back in. It seems politically it's like, oh, we were just there. Okay, I'll sign, I'll sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah that worked. We did that once, didn't hurt too bad. Let's do it again. Or something, and, something yes. similar, which will prevent the, could screw the market up a ton, but nevertheless, we'll prevent the falls. Yeah, I think anything they do will be focused on first-time home buyers. Uh, it will be focused on people who make less than the median income. But it's all going to distort my fear of the low end, right? It's it's that's where the focus will be. It'll be below the median, and if there's no inventory or you know less inventory than it was, it just it just continues to distort the market. So I. I fear that next year. I fear that the first half next year, because again, I think real estate slows down. I think it's the cause will be blamed for the second half recession. Right. And, you know, government, government doesn't like recessions, you know, even though it's a natural part of it. So we've got to come fix it. And housing, as you know, is a large proportion of people's equity, right? Their net worth of the average American, a lot of that is tied up in a home. So they don't want to see, they don't mind the stock market, right? The top 10% own 90% of the market, but you start hitting houses, they ain't going to like that. Yeah. I think people underestimate the impact of falling house prices have on the political system. Correct. Like go back to the savings and loan deal. Bush was elected in a landslide in 88. Yeah. And then we get the, and he loses four years later. The difference was price were going up in 88 and they were going down in 92. You're right. Yeah. So this has been a lot of fun. Uh, tell the folks where your website is. A lot of people that follow me are data geeks. Uh, if they wanted to geek out on Phoenix or national data, where should we send them? Yeah, my uh, my Phoenix one is ArizonaRealEstateNotebook.com. You can go to that. And now I have a Substack, but there's a link. You can go from that to the Substack. And then the same with uh, my national one, which is RealEstateDecoded.com. And then I, I put it a uh, link over to my Substack is where I'm doing it. But I also have a uh, column on Forbes.com. They have stuff on Forbes.com. And then I put it on after five days, you can put it on your own blog. That's cool. So let's just wrap it up by talking about Phoenix one more time. So again, uh, it sounds like Phoenix inventory is on an upward trend, continually adding. 
seems like it's different than the market I'm experiencing where it's below the median. So you can absolutely expect median price in Phoenix to fall. No question. Uh, and I think you're right. I think it will be, I don't know, double, maybe even triple what Ivy was talking about, 6%. So it could be 12 to 18% kind of peak to trough. Probably most of yeah. that next year because real estate's slower. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. That seems reasonable to me. Yeah. But I can uh, change my mind after lunch. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, 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 minute by minute, I could change my mind. Uh, so, and then John, you, you have a Twitter uh, handle, which is where I found you and follow you. Uh, that's just your name, right? John Wake? At John Wake. Awesome. Folks, that's follow me. -E, like to wake up in the morning. There you go, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Hey, thanks, Ryle. Really a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks, John.